Yes, it's time on a Wednesday morning for a White Coat Wednesday. Our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman, is here. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Yeah, it's tough to remember how early it is, isn't it? What are the good foods for our mental health? So things that are high in fiber, things that are uh, fermented, uh, these all help the bugs that live inside your gut. And by helping the bugs that live inside your gut, you're helping your health in many levels. One, nutritionally, but also they may be sending messages to the rest of our body that combat inflammation and that may protect us against things like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, and things like that. So if you want to eat healthy, eat healthy, not just for yourself, but for the little guys that are living inside your gut. And if you keep them happy, they'll keep you happy. And that's really important. So fiber, healthy, nutritious vegetables, fruits, you know, the usual stuff that we keep talking about over and over and over again. They keep your bugs happy and they keep you happy too. They always say that the poison is in the dose and a 35-year-old mother of two has died from drinking too much water. Now, there's more to this story, um, but certainly, yes. And we've seen it with marathon runners, for example. That's the classic where they sweat out not just water, but minerals like salt and things like that, and they only replace water. And so the salt concentration, the sodium chloride in their body drops, and that causes swelling in the brain, and, and we've seen deaths as a result of that. The claim was that this woman had become dehydrated and drank something like four liters, some incredible quantity of water in a very short period of time, dropped down her electrolytes, and therefore her brain swelled and she died. The truth of the matter is there's other stuff going on. And when the coroner actually reviewed the case, yes, the drinking of water did contribute, but she also had alcohol and was heat, uh, heat stroked. And so the combination of all three is probably what happened here. But it does remind us that if you are drinking, um, water is great, but too much of anything is not good for you. And so the key message is always reasonable amounts in moderation. When people ask me, how much water should I drink, Dr. Mitch? And I say, as much as you need. <laughs> so if you're thirsty, you drink. Um, if your urine is dark, it means it's too concentrated, you drink. And a mixture of solutions is always better than just relying on water alone. Okay, so the old eight cups of water a day thing isn't really a thing? Not really, and most of that stuff comes from research that was done to supply enough water to the GIs in the South Pacific during the Second World War. So yes, you'll commonly hear people talk about eight cups of water or two liters of water a day, but you have to understand, if you're working out, you may need more. If you're getting a lot of water because you're eating watermelon and things like that, you may not need as much. And so it's a conglomeration of all the sources of liquid in your diet, not necessarily the amount of free water. Now, if you want to lose weight. One of the tricks to losing weight is to have a glass of liquid, preferably water because it's low in calories, before you eat, thereby helping to fill up your stomach a little bit. And a lot of people can't differentiate between hunger and thirst. And so they eat when what they really should be doing is drinking. And again, that contributes to weight loss. So there's more to this. It's not a simple, straightforward, aha, I will drink eight cups of water a day or two liters and I will be okay. It's not as simple as that. Okay. In a possibly related story, apparently some people feel the urge to pee when they get close to home. This is not something <laughs> happens to me, but is it a thing? And what basically happens is your body trains itself. So you're on a long trip, your brain sends messages to your bladder, stop bothering me, deal with it, until you get home. 
And then as you're getting close to the house, the brain goes, yeah, we are close to home. Yeah, your bathroom is nearby. Okay, I won't tell you to shut up as much. And so your bladder, which has been filling up all this time, actually gets free to tell you that it needs to go. So there is something to that. The other thing that happens is some people are shy or embarrassed to go um, to the bathroom in public, and so that also can contribute into it. But certainly you, can, you train yourself in a certain sense. So if this happens every time you're coming close to home after a trip, and it's something that's bothersome or difficult for you, you can start to train yourself away from that by not giving in to that instinct immediately, the same way that you would train a dog, you know, when it needs to go out, or you can train your bladder when it needs to go. The key thing is to go when you need to, not to retain too much for too long, because that'll give you a floppy bladder that doesn't work as well. Occasionally, yeah, it's okay, but if you do it on a regular basis, you can get into trouble. A floppy bladder. That's... Well, I was going to use it. Uh, the scientific term is atonic. Uh, in other words, a bladder that that is overstretched and therefore it's not able to contract as well. But I think floppy expresses it very well. Okay. Thanks, Doctor Mitch. Nice to have you this morning. <laughs> Pleasure always, anytime. <laughs> floppy bladder. There was a band in high school.